Hello everyone and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple, to discuss the video games we are playing to discuss all issues surrounding gaming and to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss gaming together. What's the deal, Rich? Did you just have a stroke? No. Should I start again? What you said was not a sentence. <laughs> I was just doing it funny, but I guess I'll start. Oh, over okay. Again. It confused Sorry, the shit I didn't out realize, of me. I, I didn't realize that I. It doesn't. I didn't do it doesn't it take much to confuse us. It ticked, It seemed like a slip of the tongue. I. I was so confused. No, I'll start all over again because you know I got to make sure that it's all approved by you. Gotcha. No, leave all this in. Nope. I'm starting it all over again. Okay. I was concerned for your health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sore Chomp. Our mission is simple. To discuss the video games we are playing. To discuss all issues surrounding gaming. And to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss gaming together. Is that okay? Does that work for you guys? I don't know what the fuck this is. I'm just making sure it's approved by you guys. It's Was fine, right? man. It wasn't a matter of approval. <laughs> oh, you guys are just being dicks. I just wanted to make sure I could run it by you guys and make sure I don't think we were being dicks. I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm actually going to do it now. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple. To discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss gaming together. The gaming landscape has changed a lot over the past few years. One of those changes is microtransactions becoming commonplace in games, whether it's a mobile game or a AAA game. Microtransactions are oh, excuse me. Microtransactions are divisive, with some people having accepted them as another way to support video games and developers, while others think that they're unnecessary and predatory. It's clear that microtransactions aren't going anywhere, as they've proven profitable for game developers and gaming companies. For now, we have to accept them as a mainstay. But when it comes to games that are full price while also having microtransactions, is that acceptable? Should we be paying full price for games with microtransactions? After we knock out the topic of the week, we will be discussing the games that we have played this week, such as Roller Drome, Cult of the Lamb, Tunic, We Are OFK, and Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1. So, you want to meet the people who are going to be discussing these here games and whatnot? Well, first off, I'm Shay Layton, your host for today's episode. Thank you for having me. I'm joined by the editor of the Sora Chomp site and my good friend, Rich Meister. Rich, you've been pretty quiet this week. How have you been? Uh, busy, tired. Uh, potentially worried I was sick, but uh, 
you know, I'm a fucking dumb idiot. So, like, as I'm, like, I went to the gym five days this week all while thinking I might be sick. That's good. That's good. I was Nobody boosting the immune matters. system. Nobody else matters. I was wearing a mask, and I was testing negative all those days. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Thought you were just rocking up being like, ah, well, if you guys get COVID, at least I got my gains. That's the plan, man. No, you know what it was? Like, I was still, I like, at a certain point, probably by Tuesday, I want to say, I was like, I know I don't have COVID, but I think I still might be sick, so I'm going to wear a mask. <laughs> But I would, I would say, like, I'd be like, I'm sick. And I'd do it like that. <laughs> fucking I'd play shit the nar -nar, bro. Sick. Well, no, fucking ill, bro. That means that, like, you gotta bring a skateboard to the gym and just try and ride it on the treadmill. I the do. How do you think I got that? <laughs> just doing jackass skits now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh busy uh weekend prior while you guys were holding it down mm -hmm. uh kind of recovering the week following getting some shit done we got a chomping at the bits in the can it's gonna be coming out soon dope um were you, were you slutty at all last weekend or no was i uh, uh no um that's i think that's like a private conversation between us because there's like a degree of a story to what you're asking me okay um but not it's not really like a public facing story. I've done. I'm a stupid boy. But I'll okay. tell you, that's a that's a private conversation. Now I want to know because like, yeah, you're not the type of person who doesn't share things. I'm the stupidest boy in the whole class, and I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> oh God, this is gonna involve orange chicken. No, no, but uh. It does involve I one Ed anyone who was there. That. No, it wasn't. He was just—he just happened to be there. How how is Ed, by the way? It was nice to see him. It was nice to see him. Um, Ed Ed, Ed up from Atlanta and Eric, uh, who people listen to Chomping at the Bits will know, up from London. So it was quite the. I was going to. I didn't have time. I didn't. I'm trying to find a picture of like uh me, Ed, and Eric, so I could Photoshop Ray into it and be like all of Chomping at the Bits in the same place. Right. There you go. Did you get a photo with those those guys though? Uh yeah, I did. I did. I'm looking at one right now, actually. You have to send me some later. For those of you that don't know, Ed is uh the guy who did uh the music for um Evoking the Sublime. Chomping the, at the bits. Chomping at the bits. He did did it for my personal podcast as well. And he's uh Rich's personal and good friend as well as Ray. Yeah. Shout out to Ed. Shout out to Ed, wherever you are. Well, he's in is, he's in he's in Atlanta. <laughs> I was gonna say, which is probably Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's good. Well, thanks for being here, Rich. I'm glad you're back. Um, Ray held it down while you were gone, but you were missed. I will say that. Glad to be back. Missed you guys. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Good. You gotta get away every now and again, you know. You do. You do. I'm also joined by the audio extraordinaire and expert on all things interesting. Please welcome my friend and co-host, Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing, man? All right. All right. I'm still really tired. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I've, yeah. You're sounding better I, this week, though, than you did last week. Yeah, the rest of my 
symptoms are mostly gone. I still have got a bunch of drainage that I'm kind of dealing with, but not yeah. not anywhere near the extent as last week. But I'm just I'm just exhausted all the time still. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna take a while, man. Like I uh, last week, I was I was like after the majority of my stuff was done, I I was like I'm gonna start going to the gym. And the gym was a little bit rough, like more yeah. difficult than usual. But and I still had some of the drainage. I still do have a little bit of drainage. Like I'll still cough and get some unfortunate phlegm up, or I'm still having to blow my yep. nose a little bit more than usual. But um, the first time I played basketball was this past Tuesday, and it was rough. It was rough. I did not have yeah. stamina at all. So yeah, I've not started working out again, but I I can still tell that i can't breathe all that deeply without it being a little painful so i like i figured i'd wait until that's at least mostly better to to start doing yeah much it's nice that. to be going to a real gym again you know it's it's you, it's easy to forget over the course of three years that working out makes you feel good Mm-hmm. that's true that's true but no i yeah. mean like i don't blame you it's it, it's like that's one of the obvious things with covid as we've all heard at this point once you get it, it's it's very labor intensive to breathe or exist afterwards for a little yeah, while. Yeah, really. Yeah, but sometimes in yeah. a permanent sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But like, thankfully for me, because the first time was much worse this time, um, I kind of knew what to expect, so I I handled it better, and it wasn't as severe, which is the other nice thing. Yeah, yeah. I do. Besides, so do you still have like your your sense of smell and your sense of taste? Yeah, I never really completely lost it or anything, right. but I, I think that's because I'm, I've never done like an actual test to see if I'm a super taster, but I'm fairly certain I am given everything, mm. everything else. So like my, you know, taste got dulled a significant amount, but not, right. not to the point where I know a lot of people who... Like, my wife, when she got it, she lost it to the point where everything just, like, all right, all food just tastes like vomit now. Dope. Yeah. Which is always fun. She could have uh, got those those uh, Bernie Bots jelly beans and eaten the vomit one. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is, this is okay. Well, yeah. that was all she was eating. Do you think that was maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, I have COVID. I have to eat the Bernie Bots vomit flavor jelly beans only. It's important to me that J.K. Rowling gets money. <laughs> <laughs> mm. She deserves to profit off of my COVID. No. Well, I'm glad, you're doing says. Better, I'm glad you're doing better, Josh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting there, getting there. Hoping it continues at this pace. So I'm back mm. to normal at some point in the future. Well, normal's not a place that I ever want to be. Or something. Whatever. Okay. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing, Josh. I'm just <laughs> glad you're better. Or getting better, I should say. Yeah. But let's not waste any time. Let's get right into the topic this week. Um, it's something that I, it's, I've been seeing recently is a lot more games have microtransactions. And a lot of people online and various social media platforms complain about them, and understandably so. You know, it's something that we've discussed in the past here as an as an entity 
uh, about microtransactions. Are they good? Are they bad? We discussed the legality side of it um, as we've looked at places like China. Um, China. And like um, in the U.S. and how they kind of regulate those things in Europe and how they regulate those things as well. Because um, everybody has a different take on microtransactions. So we've we've looked at it from different angles. And I think this is probably the most important one that we're going to look at because it's the one that directly affects most of us is that microtransactions are becoming such a prominent thing in AAA games and mobile gaming. Not so much the indie space, but um, I'm sure that at some point that may or may not happen more frequently. Who knows? Yeah, but I've been seeing more like expansions with deal with with indies lately. Um, yeah, but, and I but still, I it's really... still not the same sort of microtransactions all over exactly. the place thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't so, call I wouldn't call it content. Well, I, I guess it's debatable into what terms you call it a content pack, but right, exactly. Yeah, that's going to be uh, dependent. But that being said, um, so with with that with microtransactions being more prominent, with that thought in mind, should we be spending full price for games? And that and that's going to be debatable because, you know, you have some games like Fortnite and uh, Pokemon Unite, those kind of games that are free to play, but yeah. they are littered with microtransactions. And then you have games like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 that's going to be dropping here very soon. That is a full price game that is also going to be littered with microtransactions. Yeah. So... And you already played it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. In 2007. <laughs> So that's something that I think we should talk about because even though it may not be the most prominent thing right now, it's something that I'm sure is going to be on the horizon for us. So let's discuss that. I'm going to throw it to you first, Rich. Uh, you were gone last week. Usually I throw these topics to you first anyways, but um, yeah. What, what are your initial thoughts about this topic? Um, I mean, I've beat this drum before. I don't inherently think that microtransactions are evil i think they're really easy to twist and manipulate to make them a bad thing and without the proper regulation you can't really stop that from happening but it's hard to exist in an ecosystem where we can rely on the games industry to properly reg regulate that and also, that's kind of what you need, because shit goes to hell real fast when you start letting the government regulate these things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's... that's. So I guess I, what I'm I, saying is we're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, end of topic. Uh, moving on. I think, we, I think we covered this. Let's Nailed move on it. to games. Nailed it. <laughs> what, what's next? <laughs> yeah. Well, Rich, Rich, let's get a little bit more specific, though. Like, sure. What do you think that it's acceptable to pay sixty, seventy dollar price tag, and then you're going to be inundated with microtransaction offers and whatnot? Yeah. What in your mind? Why is that justified? Because games should cost more. Um, <laughs> it's that's a really uh, hot button opinion I want to put on there. Let me put you this. I'm I'm talking like a pitch perfect economy because most games, trip in the AAA space in terms of development, product, paying employees properly, 
are technically worth a hell of a lot more than $60. Also, we should all be making a lot more money, so this shouldn't even be, a, a, like, an issue of concern. <laughs> like Right, and, like, the one thing I want to say to that, and Josh will get you here in here in a few seconds, is that games saw, have seen record, record profits the last few years. Like, they continue to make yeah. more money and more money and more <clears throat> money. So, But the people maybe, making like, them aren't seeing that money. <laughs> so when you say things like, uh, games should cost more. When it, in terms of like maybe indie games or the not AAA game space, I could wholeheartedly yeah. agree with you that yeah, sure, sure, games could cost more, and that would benefit those uh, developers who aren't making as much money from games. And, and but the AAA developers who are making record profits that their CEOs are just you know, and not to get too far down the rabbit hole on that, uh, the CEOs are taking away record bonuses and record salaries. And that's a and completely different issue because all that money should be going to the people who are actually making these things. Uh, but, agreed. Yeah. agreed. Um, when I say, like, I actually think now that I'm like hearing myself back saying games should be more like reductive and too simplistic of the point I'm trying to make, mm. which is that I think the like standardized AAA game costs $60 is the kiss of death. And it hasn't always been that way because even in the AAA space, I feel like you have stuff that's worth $30 and you have stuff oh, that's yeah. worth $120. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, absolutely. The, where the indie market has it, where like price to move is kind of the thing. Yeah, like, considering the amount of content in something like Elden Ring, it's, it doesn't make sense that that's the same yeah, price like, game El as Elden Ring should be $90. Yeah. Elden Ring should be $90, but fucking, um, I don't know, fucking, I, I can't even think of something good right now. Call of Duty should be 40 Yeah, given the amount of content actually in them. Yeah. yeah. It, like, I think back to, think back to, like, the Super Nintendo and the PS1 era. That's how games were priced. Like, you wanted to go, get, a lot of that had to do with how the hardware was produced, though, mm -hmm. because you were literally attaching chips to extra, these parts. Extra, extra Yeah, chips. so, like... Like, the storage itself cost you know, an like, uh, you know, Donkey Kong 64 was, like, $90. Yeah. You also got, like, an expansion rumble pack, that one, Yeah, that one also, saying. that was one of the games that came with the expansion pack as Yeah, well, yeah, and, so. uh, but, like, bigger RPGs <clears throat> on the SNES were sometimes, like, 70, 80, 90 bucks, yep. depending on what it was. Um, Star Fox, the original Star Fox, uh, was a more expensive cart because the Super FX chip had to be added to that cart to make it work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I see, I like, I see your point that, that the $60 price tag is arbitrary, which I, I agree with to some, some extent. And, you know, with the PS5 and the Series X and S, $70 is starting to become the norm, which, fine. I think, I think it'd be hard to, you know, delineate the intrinsic value of a game you know yeah. like uh this one is worth 30 or should be worth 30 out the gate this one should be worth 90 uh because then you know people are going to manipulate that with microtransactions anyways which for some people is going to still be bothersome other people it's going to be fine you know but I, I do see your point and i think there's some merit in that rich mm -hmm. um josh where do you where do you sit with this like kind of your initial thoughts about um, a full price game having microtransactions. I mean, I, th I the opposite. No, none of them should have that in there because none of this money is going to the devs. Uh, I mean, a lot of devs are getting classified as. Oh no, you're you're just a 
you're just a contract worker. We don't have to pay you residuals for anything. You, uh, mm. like, there's, they're not getting anything no matter how well the game sells with <laughs> only a couple of examples. Like, okay, the Metacritic's this good, you get a bonus. But, like, w- once it's been made, the people who actually did any work on it aren't getting paid for it on most of the AAA stuff, which is fucking stupid. Um, right. And, and yeah, and it, because it's all after the fact sales, the people who are actually working on it are seeing next to none of it on a, in a lot of situations. Um, that said, yes, kind of like we were talking, we, we, there needs to be more flexibility in the pricing models, period. Um, mm. I do, I, I think it makes a lot more sense, kind of like we said, in like the free-to-play <coughs> you know, section with battle passes and whatnot that are essentially like paying a subscription that you would for like an MMO or something in order to keep this game that you want to keep playing mm. for free up and running if it's, you know, something you care about. I'll, I'll pay for the battle pass for it. Um, right. Somewhere where you can throw a little something more yeah, to the Yeah, I like having the option. And so, honestly, I, I'm not completely against it in theory because... Oh, I love this game. It was it was sixty bucks. I think it's it's worth more than that. I'd I'd happily pay for this expansion to it or whatever else, you know, because I I think they deserve it. But again, it's you've got to do so much research to find out if that money you're putting towards it actually goes to anyone who worked on the game, or if this is just about, you know, more profit, more profits for. You know the CEO, or if it just goes to J.K. Rowling. I'm not exactly, talking about anything exactly. specific it's, it's, here, by the way. Don't look into it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like, yeah, I do, I do, and I've been seeing more flexibility lately because of some of the, like you're saying, some of the more expensive PS5 titles. Some of the there's been a lot more flexibility in the indie scene because I remember the indie scene exploded and then also nearly died after all the Xbox arcade. Indie games came out. Summer of Xbox Live. Because it became such a, you know, expected price point. Oh, this is going to be 5 to at most, and we'll be outraged if it happens, $15 yeah. for an indie mm. game. Whereas, 20 was asking too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's, it's you see everything from, you know, 5 to $40, depending right. on what sort of team has to be put together to make a certain game. And I think we, that... We were living the dream with Hydro Thunder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we need to see more of that. Is just... No, this, this, this is just a $30 game. This is, this is a $25 yeah, yeah. game. Price it what it's actually worth. And I think that's... Yeah. Know. And if then, beyond that, you think, we'll give people the option to spend more money. And I think there is room for microtransactions as long as they're done ethically which is kind of the bigger issue that we talked about before about how predatory a lot of them are set up um Mm. one of the things i want to say really quickly um kind of to your point it's it's jumping back just a tiny bit is i think it's really important with these microtransactions and this is something that doesn't happen it probably never will happen unfortunately i think it would be really cool and important if they had a case where you know, they do have a $60 game or whatever the 
new new price tag is. Yeah. And then they said there are microtransactions in in here. Here's what it's going to. This percentage is going to oh, upkeep yeah, yeah. of servers. This percentage is going to uh, developers. This percentage is going to um, just the company in general. Not fine, whatever. Yeah. Like there's something that I saw online um, the other day that kind of blew me away and impressed me. And this is tangentially related, but whenever you pay your taxes in Australia, um, when when you file your taxes and receive them and whatnot, not um they have a breakdown of what the amount of money you spent on taxes or you paid for taxes what it all goes towards so like 20 percent is in infrastructure this amount is healthcare. this amount is uh country yeah. protection what have you if they did that with if gaming companies did something like that with microtransactions yes the average person is probably not going to give a fuck but the people who do care about the welfare of developers and whatnot I mean, that would go a long way for transparency. And of course, yeah, yes, yeah. people can fudge numbers and whatnot, but to see that like there is some level of accountability, I think that would be better than what is happening now. Yeah, and that's stuff that we... It would not be work to make those numbers show up because those are already things that they legally have to, you know, tell investors. Right. Like this, this is information they already have because it's stuff that their investors need to know because them making money is you know, much more important in the United States mm. than, you know, the employees who actually make anything for these companies um, or, or, you know, their actual customers finding out what they are paying for. Um, right. And I do think we need more transparency as far as exactly what that looks like it's mm. it's hard to say because again I, I don't think many people would actually care about that unfortunately so yeah. it would, it'd be one of those well, things that I, I think you're gonna where do you even the, put this information I think you'll see the change here soon because what I what I'm seeing is that um you know, if you just look at the general work landscape, you know, last year we had the quote unquote big res resignation or what have you, whatever they wanted to call it. Yeah. But now you're seeing that like a lot of workers are fighting for fair compensation, fair uh, quality of work and stuff yeah. like that. And obviously it's not perfect right now. You have a lot of union busting with a lot of companies like Starbucks and Trader Joe's. Who's doing that? And... um a bunch of other companies. Yeah, yeah, but seriously. you also are having a lot of workers who are just unwilling to put up with shit conditions. And Call in the it, Pinkertons. And if it's going to continue to get worse and worse, I mean, it's... Gaming companies have been plagued with that shit. I mean, like, we just saw oh, yeah. that... Like, we were talking about it this past week. Nintendo of America just got hit with an um, op-ed piece on the the terrible shit that's been happening with that division yeah. of nintendo mm -hmm. and i think as as workers just in general in the force start becoming more emboldened to fight for uh fair uh fair working conditions and a decent quality of life that when it comes to things like microtransactions and you see companies making record profits to make sure that companies are being are um 
compensating yeah. their their employees fairly. And so, yeah. like along that standard and practice of what we're kind of seeing, hopefully change the culture of working in general. Change that. Hopefully, we're going to see the a greater chance for companies to be transparent with microtransactions and what that money is going towards. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things they're going to have to be forced into at this rate because, again, it's it's not just the lack of compensation. It's just it's it's the whole model in the AAA space is oh for sure unsustainable because. Of everything I've already said, with like, oh no, these aren't employees; they're contractors, and and building up huge teams and then firing everyone after the fact because well, we don't have an, another project immediately to start working on. Like these, it's just it's stuff that they the industry has done for years. Video games and wrestling really do have a lot in common. Seriously, um, and it's 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 got to change because, like you're saying, there's been a huge push for you know workers rights in the last last couple of years that i really mm. i really hope that if nothing else you know there's just enough power you know people people realize that you know they're better off somewhere else that they can start well, actually legitimately using you know their power to actually change some of these things well, the right. best case scenario and our biggest hope is that most <clears throat> of the people that think workers' rights are like uh, uh, some foreign European concept that should be put to death uh, will will probably be dead soon. <laughs> yeah. Rich, you're, you're on it with the jokes today of nihilism. <sighs> eh, well, you know, we can tell where your your headspace has been at this week. <laughs> it's been a week. It's been a week. It's actually been a pretty good week in in some in some instances. In retrospect, for me. yeah. I, I, you know what I. Is there some good shit going on right now? Yeah. Not like, like the in the world, like for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I like I guess to to give my The world's my... horrible. <laughs> Sorry, give... gosh. You're good, you're good. To give my initial thoughts on it, I do have some issue with there being microtransactions. In... Hot take. <laughs> I know. <laughs> how how... How bold of me to stand atop this platform all by myself. If I had pearls, I'd be clutching them. <laughs> uh, it's I, I have issues with it to some degree in full full price games, and I think of stuff like sports games that are just rife with microtransactions, oh, yeah. and then still being full price and uh, oh yeah, yeah, other games like that. <clears throat> and granted, those are I think not the games that we really play, so it doesn't really affect me as much. I worry about it mm-hmm. becoming a an influence for standard practices in gaming as a whole. But yeah, I I just I I think it I not to I guess talk too much about what I already said. I have issues with it because there's the lack of transparency about why there needs to be microtransactions in a fully priced game. Um. And also, I think I have issues with the amount of microtransactions. If it's not as predatory, it's not as in your face. It's it's a um, you have a store where you can go get the stuff. That's fine. That's fine. And like, if you alert somebody yeah. at the very beginning of starting the game, like, hey, uh, this game has microtransactions. You can go to the store, buy skins, stuff like that. Um, 
and then they leave it at that. They're not constantly like flashing it in my face that there are these things that I can buy. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But the problem, the problem with that is if there are no microtransactions, then are we going to get ads? You know what I mean? Because ads are so prominent yeah. in everything we do. It's like, well, we could have microtransactions or we can have ads. And that's at, at this point, that's kind of like, yeah. I feel like 2022, that's our choice in life in general. It's like microtransactions. Do you want to deal with those in your life or do you want it? And it's not just video gaming. Yeah. It's other spaces <clears throat> as well. Or do you want to deal with ads? Like those are our two choices for 2022. Yeah. And thankfully we've not seen a lot of ads outside of mobile gaming because I think from the, from the publisher perspective, ads makes a lot of sense because it's easy to replace them, sell them the highest bidder as things go. Um, but I think what we've seen the most of, um, and this has been, I mean, over a decade at this point that this has been happening, but we've been seeing a ton of product placement mm. um, in order to get things, you know, make the money just for making the game. Like, whether it sells or not, people have already played, you know, paid to have their, their products put into this game. Um, and those are generally unobtrusive. I mean, you've got stuff like, you know, the all the Coleman products and Final Fantasy 15 and Cup Noodle and Duracell and Alan Wake. Um, it's true. And, oh my God, I forgot about Duracell and Alan Wake and Verizon was also the yeah, big one. Yeah, like it's, it seems like this is... Monster Energy and Death Stranding. Yeah, like it's... Then it's, removed from it's, Death yeah, Stranding. It, yeah, exactly. There's, there's... I think there are ways that... Granted, we make fun of them because unobtrusive is what I was going to say about how they can be implemented generally whenever yeah. they get there. They're not particularly unobtrusive, but can I just say that uh monster energy and death stranding is my favorite one <clears throat> oh, because in, in the original version of death stranding, um, it's implied that your canteen is filled with monster energy, which then has further ramifications for the story that imply that in the future, all of earth's rivers are monster energy. <laughs> Yeah, they've got like a weird filtration system. Like they, there's there's a whole lore dump in there about how it's filtering water in through the side with like a reverse yeah. osmosis filter that then gets, you know, it's got like its own like chemical. I just that's how I choose to turn it into it. monster energy. And I'm like, in the future <clears throat> of Death Stranding, all of Earth's rivers are monster energy. Wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be the worst wor universe in the world. Yeah, it's fucking rad. It's gnarly, bro. Mm -hmm. So, I hope it's the green one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, you're you're mostly okay with it. Josh and I are on varying degrees of no, we're not I, quite okay with it. What? Yeah. To, to take it to the next. Implementation is important. To take it to the next step. What do you think would make you more okay with it? And I think this is a question for all three of us because, like. Rich, you're mostly okay with it, but I still hear a little bit of trepidation with you for obvious common sense reasons. But what would make the three of us more okay with microtransactions being in a game that is fully priced? And Rich, I'll let you take that off. Or sure. Take, take that. Yeah, first. take it off. Take it off. Um, I <laughs> think it all off. Think yeah, the, baby. The, the baseline for what I find acceptable is like, I have no fucking issue um 
with games where the microtransaction is like purely cosmetic bullshit. Um, and that might be in part because I feel no compulsion to purchase those things. Mm. Like I might, if I see something I really like, I might yeah. throw some money out of it, and that's more of a like, eh, I this game like the this game was free, let's say whatever, and I feel like throwing something to the devs or you know what's five dollars here and there. Um, that stuff can get predatory because it's shaky, but that's kind of always been my baseline for it. To be like, if there's no like gameplay, like pay to win element, <clears throat> and yeah. it's not doing anything, like that's kind of mundane to me. And I know different people are wired different ways, and it might not feel that way depending on your situation. But I can really only speak for myself. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh. Josh, where do you sit with that? Where where would you be more okay with microtransactions being in a game? Um, I I don't even think it has to be all cosmetic stuff. Like I think cosmetics are probably some of the best implementation of it. Mm. Um, just because you know it's completely optional stuff. Um, like I think I think honestly I think I think some of the MMOs do this pretty well with their cosmetics. Some some of them get fairly expensive, like twenty dollar outfits type things, and you're like, "Oh, that's ridiculous!" But these these are games that you're gonna be playing for years, so it's it's kind of it it makes more sense in that yeah. sort of environment than I've seen a lot of other games attempt this, mm. like triple A games. Like here, you can you can buy this, you know, twenty dollar thirty dollar outfit for your character in whatever yearly release game, and it's. That is fucking stupid. Like th- these are not the same thing. And did even I though buy the red Magitek armor in FF14? You bet your ass I did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it. I, I think I think people are, you know, there was a lot of pushback about pay to win at first, and so we've been seeing a lot more switch to cosmetic type rewards. That makes sense. But it, it, it seems like it's really taken a lot of these publishers for fucking ever to figure out that there's still differences in kind between what are ostensibly identical microtransactions, um, just mm. given the game that it's in, just the context. Um, and kind of because of that, I'm even okay with not, not pay to win, but like, I, I'm fine with like map packs and stuff where it's like, okay, I, I'll get new content for this game that I want to play. Um, I think we do need to change some of how that's implemented. I've seen this in the board gaming space lately with a lot of like the digital uh, board game subscriptions. Uh, the uh, um, board game arena. Is mm. like a subscription online board gaming place that you can pay a subscription to. Right. Uh, but if one person you're playing with has a subscription, you can play with whoever else. So it's kind of like you renting the game yourself. And I think we kind of need to see something like that in just the regular gaming space. We're like, oh, I, I, I paid for this map. Cool. Now anyone else who is with me can play it. Kind of, kind of a la, a la the spawn system for for Starcraft. Like. Oh, someone's got a disc? The whole land can play off of this one disc. Digital, yeah, digital board games do a lot of that. Like, I have that with asynchronous games of Root all the time mm-hmm. because the the way they did that, which I think is delightful, is um, 
to play with people online. Everybody has to have the base game, but if one person in the game has an expansion, exactly. you can use that expansion. Exactly, and that, that's what I'm talking about. And that is a board game, but they made... That's not just, like, their, their, their online that's board true. game the, the, version. The, the it's, it's an version. actual video game version of it that's on Steam. But yeah. that, we need to see more of that. Like, if... It's, it's not just worth it for me to play this game, but I can put this money towards it because it's a game I want to play, but if it's a multiplayer experience, I, it's, it, you don't want to feel like you're roping someone else into playing it or getting left out. Oh, we, we can't play this map or whatever else. And then being like, oh, well, I can't uh, yeah, use this yeah. character build because you need to buy a $9 expansion. Yeah. Um, and I, I would really like to see more of that. Um, in gaming, I, I think there's a lot of room for that that would make it feel, um, um, kind of going back to the MMO thing. And I've not seen a paid version of this, although I'm sure it exists. But they multi person mounts is a pretty big thing. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I can travel faster, and also my buddy can hop on and we'll just go somewhere together. Um, mm. that would be a cool thing to pay for. Um, a, there. There's a gameplay improvement. Oh, someone can just hop on. But that's a cool thing that, oh, I paid for, and then my friend is getting the benefit of. Right. Um, I, I, yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's a, that's a cool way to do it in order to make it feel like the benefit you're getting is not just, ooh, look, shiny, but, like, something that you are, again... It's a gameplay benefit, so I understand why people have been against this for forever, but it's a neat thing that you're now able to kind of share with your friends. Um. Mm, I, I think, like, in those kind of situations, I'm more comfortable with, like, microtransactions existing, whereas, um, granted, this isn't a something that you paid for, but um, in Pokemon Unite, when you turn mm -hmm. that game on and they're trying to get you to buy all the in-game currencies so you can try and hit, hit their personal lottery system to yeah. unlock certain things. <clears throat> and that that is when it's like, I think it's at its worst, obviously. Not to yes. retread this conversation too much because we've talked about it Yeah, we talked about this a ton when the game first came out, but yeah. Well, and yeah, just games in general, like with microtransactions, like when they have a lottery system of the possibility of winning shit, I think that's when microtransactions are at their worst. But yeah. when it's it's like something where it's negligible quote unquote content, but it's it's not as predatory. It's like buy this extra thing we put in there, it doesn't really affect the game that much, but you might look cooler. We're not gonna we're not gonna throw it in your face. You know it exists. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, there isn't a lot like a lot that I think we can, I, I'm sure we could take this topic a lot deeper and further and it'd be looking at like financing and finances of companies and stuff like that and uh, really getting lost in the weeds. But that's kind of not what we do. We don't really talk about like the financial aspects of companies. We don't break down what company made the most money and stuff like that. So I don't want to get too far into that, but do you guys have any kind of like final takes on this? Like, are are you guys nervous that this is going to be standard practices and procedures where we're going to see 
all games have microtransactions, even if they are full price. Like, so for example, obviously The Last of Us, the, the remake is going to be dropping here soon. Obviously, that one's not going to have microtransactions. I'll say that and come back here in three months. Fuck, was I wrong? Ish. But, uh, yeah. Like, could we, is it, is it a legitimate fear to be worried that games like that will be littered with microtransactions and be full price in the near future? Is that a legitimate concern or I, is that? I don't think so as much because specifically the prestige games um, have, have an element of this, this is untouchable. Uh, you know, to them, like it, it, mm. it seems like there are a few games on each platform that, you know, the, the companies want their, you know, heavy hitters to, to be uncontroversial, um, in certain, you know, certain aspects. Uh, mm. so, so I, I don't see this like affecting absolutely every single game like we've have been worried about in the past. Um, but also it's kind of everywhere else. Right. So, I mean, who knows? Like, well, all it really takes is one exec to realize they, you know, care about making a little more money on this next release than about brand image. And Mm. it's just here is kind of the point I think we're already at. Um, right. So I I don't think it would take much, but it at least currently it doesn't seem like the will is there to put these in. You know, like you said, a lot of the games that we play, because again, a, a lot of the sports games and shooters and a, a bunch of other, you know, every other genre in gaming, it it it's already here. So mm. it's it's kind of a matter of us being insulated just by. By virtue of what we play. Yeah. That's fair. Are you at all concerned about this, Rich, or no? Not as much. Probably not as much, but I don't think it's ridiculous to be concerned about it. Like, there's... It's completely valid, but it's it's probably at the back of my head somewhere. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm, like... There's a small part of me that is concerned that... Um, it might be a trend that we see, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it either. You know, like if it, if it happens, you know, which hopefully it doesn't, I hope, I just hope that there are some regulations in place. Um, obviously we don't want too much government interference, but just enough to make sure that it doesn't become overly predatory and you can't walk back what's already happened. Yeah. I'm less interested in seeing any sort of government regulation over the exactly what's in a game. I don't think that's ever been done well than I am about what I was talking about earlier. If it's, if it's something I want to put a little extra money towards, I'd like that to make sure that's going to the devs. And I think that is a sort of thing that the government is much better at regulating. Like, okay, you can't, keep fucking calling everyone a contractor like there, there yeah. needs to be kickbacks to anyone <laughs> who's actually making these games for people mm. and that's the sort of thing that i would like to see more oversight on is making sure the people who are actually making the games that we love getting rewarded for it 
I also um, want to punish the people who make that sound like it's a better option. They're like, you're an independent contractor. You're your own boss. Oh, I'm like, yeah. wow, I, my own boss. I'm like, no, you're 22 and you don't know anything. Stop saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a trap. It's all a trap. Okay, well, I think that I think that about covers the topic. I, I knew it was going to be a shorter one this week, um, but no, I, 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 think I think this is a different angle than we've talked about before. So. And it's something that we need to talk about because it's um, it's becoming more and more commonplace to see microtransactions in games. So yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. going to talk about it. But all right, let's go on break, and we will come right back. Um, when we were going to talk about the games that we played. So stick around. We'll be right back. This Sunday, Sunday. at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Arena. Sunday. Monster Truck Rally. That's right. There are going to be lots of bitches, lots of big, tough guys. Sunday. And yours truly down there at the Monster Truck Rally. And we're going to be wearing... Shop gear! Store.swordshop.com Store! You can buy lots of nice gear and t-shirts so when you fuck your bitch in the bleachers, you have something to look at. Raw dogging it. Oh, baby! No condoms, because we don't sell those yet. That's right, and if you look up at your Swordshop clock, you'll know how fast you came inside of her. <laughs> C-U-M That's right! Here, let me tell you about my friend Dale. He's going to tell you more about the store.swordchomp.com. Dale, take it over. I tell you, I went on over to store.swordchomp.com, got myself a t-shirt, got myself a hat, got myself something for my dog. It's a good deal. That's right, Dale. That's right. So if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast while watching a bunch of trucks slam it into each other, head over to store.swordchomp.com. Store.swordchomp.com this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I like titties. We're back. Thanks so much for being patient and waiting on those fine messages that we uh displayed during the break we're going to talk about some games this week um admittedly we haven't played a lot of the new games lately we know that there are a lot of big titles that have dropped uh live alive being one um what is that xeno is xeno gears 3 is that the one that recently dropped that Zeno... is the new one damn isn't it blade Zen... what xenoblade chronicles 3 all right, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. It. Thank you. I, you I don't said know. Xeno Gears about Three. I'm like, okay. They didn't even make two yet, and I don't think they will. They didn't even really finish one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about those games, admittedly. So the naming convention is kind of a mess, but uh, it's kind of wild. Thankfully, uh, there's not too many to keep track of. There's a, there's, <laughs> an, there's enough. You guys want to talk about Xeno Saga next? Mm-hmm. No, but I do I like want Xeno you guys Saga. to talk about some uh, Roller Drome. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can talk about that. Oh. Yeah, roller drum. What's that, guys? Tell me about it. It's fucking cool, is what it is. <laughs> um. So, have you ever been playing Tony Hawk and you're like, "Why don't I have a gun?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> have I got a game for you? Um, roller drum. Uh, really commits to its aesthetic. It is a game 
where you were entering sort of like a roller derby, and that is that is very much the aesthetic is like roller skates, not roller blades. Mm-hmm. Uh, two pistols. You are running through this arena and clearing out targets. You have to perform tricks to reload. Um, but one of the things I don't think I thought was going to be the case offhand, but makes sense in practice, um, and what sets it apart from things like Tony Hawk is you cannot bail in yeah. uh, Roller Drome. You, you <clears throat> just it can't happen. If you're still holding a trick when you land back on the ground, it just puts you back in a flat state. And frankly, that makes sense for a game where there's so many other things going you, on while you just you're get moving. Stun locked to death. It would suck. It yeah, would be terrible. If you there's, at any point, had to get back up. There's snipers, there's guys with bats, there's people with rocket launchers. Um, There's sort of a fun narrative going on underneath it. I don't know how much of that you've seen yet, Josh. Yeah, I'm I'm in the second series, and they kind of, they give you new stuff regularly-ish. Sure. But uh, this is is essentially the the new blood sport that they've uh, devised a couple years ago, which is only, only about a year or so in our future. To uh, to keep the masses happy, twenty twenty thirty, I believe this is. Set, it, right? it, it is twenty thirty, but they there's. But when you, when you find stuff talking about previous champions and whatnot, talking that, about when this was started, yeah. yeah. And the thing that's like interesting to me is, and again, it's a lot of that like um, sort of set dressing storytelling stuff is like, there's like a computer terminal. It's like a an email inbox you can go to between rounds, and you see like emails in there suggesting that like because there are people who are like doing this like super pro and how you got in was you had to basically take out like this huge loan and your life insurance policy <laughs> is the collateral against the loan so you're yeah. trying to crawl out of this debt and become the the roller drone yeah, champion. Yeah, because if you become champion you get health care. Yeah, so this is the future, the far future of 2025. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um but but anyway, it it is all, you, you can kind of tell how, you know, it, it's got an awful lot of that sort of, yeah, like, uh, really, you know, punk aesthetic, kind of 70s feel to it. It's the, the art style in this is very much like a Mobius uh, painting. It, it's got that really, very much, really clean um, lines. Very uh, much reminds me of Sable, but it's yeah. much smoother. Like, obviously, intentionally, because of the way this game is played. Yeah, just to make everything read from all the way across the map. Like, okay, I, I can clearly tell from all the way over here that that's a rocket launcher, dude. So, I, you know, you know how to dodge from there. Um, and some of those dodges feel so good. Like, the snipers have a... Uh, it's kind of like a color targeting system on you, like because there are laser sights, and when that sight turns white when the laser, the laser rather turns white like they're about to hit so you tap that dodge button and it oh yeah it just feels real smooth yeah 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 um the kind of gameplay of this again this is meant to be this they're they're sort of entertaining blood sport you're scored on it by how stylishly you kill all you're the house doing murders you're you're doing the murder which is basically chaining together tricks you get like a multiplier based off of however many yeah. people you've killed. There's uh, also like a, a, a bullet time kind of thing, like a slowdown for holding yeah. L2 while you're in the air. And in every round, you, there's like bonus objectives that'll be like kill two snipers with an explosive barrel or uh, kill two like, uh, you know, riot shield guys while you're in the yeah. air, stuff like that. 
Yeah, it, it is very much like you were saying, Tony Hawk, with uh, every level has five um, combo coins, which yes. are essentially just, just a regular collectible, but that increases your combo counter by one. So you can either collect all of them right off the bat to make your score higher, or kind of judiciously save them for whenever you think, okay, I know there's a wave of You're some gonna tough get guys coming play, up, yeah. and I, I, I need to make sure that I don't lose my combo, even though some of these take a while to kill, so I need, I'll, I'll save one for now uh, for whenever these hard-to-kill guys come up. That way I can collect one of them instead of having to actually get a kill to keep my combo counter rolling. Like, there's, there's, there's an amount of strategy to it, uh, which is really fun. Um, it really does. It, 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 it feels like Tony Hawk. Um, I would have purchased a game called Tony Hawk with a gun, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is really satisfying so far. And, uh, as you go on, you, you do get, um, additional weapons that you can then take back and use in some of the earlier stages as well, I think. I'm pretty sure they come with, back with you. I've only got like an um, hour in, so I've not seen any of I'm, that yet. But. I seem to recall bringing some back with me, but uh, I could be misremembering. There, that. Was, uh, like, there's no doubt that that's that that makes yeah. perfect sense. Like, yeah. you know, when you're in the locker room in some of those scenes, there's like shotguns and stuff strewn about. So I'm like, there's got to be other. Yes. Loadouts. Yeah. I've got uh, so far. Uh, the next one you get is a shotgun, and then you get a grenade launcher after that. Oh, that sounds delightful. Which the grenade launcher, like you'd expect. You can rocket Shoots jump grenades. with. I was going to say, yes, y'all, can you, you can, rocket, you can jump. rocket jump? Oh, you my do God. damage yourself quite significantly, but you can rocket jump with it. Um, yeah, okay. That's still, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, you, I gotta it's play not even just game. your own rockets. If you've got other rockets. Well, all the momentum stuff seems intact. Like, I've seen that yeah. with the explosive barrels, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can do that. You can also do that off the, you know, the rocket launcher guys that are shooting missiles at you if you just wait until one's really close to shoot it you can you can get momentum off of it. it's it's really fun it's it's they do some neat things there um, sure <coughs> excuse me not completely over this covid nonsense yet um they do some smart things like you said with the the not bailing in order to keep your momentum up if, that would, I, if that if early design like had that, it really off. Like I'm in the middle of a flip, but I'm upside down. They won't just fake it. You'll essentially do like a roll out of it. Yeah, okay. uh, which loses a lot of your momentum. So there's still, but it's some still not as punishing of making sure you're trying to land. Like if you land perfectly, you'll maintain more momentum than if they have to fix it for you. But it's not. You don't just grind to a halt all of a sudden. Sure. Um, yeah, losing huge. like completely losing your flow state would would make it really hard to come back from. So yeah, yeah, same thing with like their combat or combo system. Uh, you don't just lose your combo if something hits you. Um, like it's it's just a matter of time. Like you just have to kill another guy before the timer runs out, which is also huge because as you go on, you'll be in situations with just you know, a dozen guys all shooting at you. Um, they can, it can just be ridiculous. Like, you're going to take a little damage here and there. Um, yeah. And it's, it's nice that you don't have to worry about, oh, man, I got nicked by some explosion over there that I thought I was out of range of, and 
now my whole thing is screwed up. It's 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 a little bit more um not forgiving cuz it's still it is still a difficult game and even just getting through one of these levels uh, you'll as as you go on that's that's just hard to begin with like even finishing a level um after like the first um series um that they put you in they just they get significantly harder um but it it it, it always feels fair with the way yeah. the the way the scoring works it is i can kind of on you feel... not not just some dumb ai thing that screwed you <laughs> Yeah, no, and I and I could sort of feel already from I've done like two two levels at this point, and not to say like I didn't find the second level difficult, but the the ramp from the first to the second is enough to be like okay, this game's gonna get pretty challenging in a way that I think is cool. Yeah, yeah, and they do they start adding a lot more different enemy types as you go. Um, mm. I'm, I'm I'm not sure exactly how crazy that'll get, but. Uh, I found a file in the last level I did where they were talking about spider tanks, uh, and I've got a feeling that some spider tanks may show up in my future. Excellent. Um, but uh, I'm sure you've seen some of the... Uh, I'm interested to see where the narrative is going, because there's a lot of implication about like the the current champion, and maybe there's someone yeah. trying to take this thing down from the inside. Yeah, that's actually a lot... The world building is really good, considering it's it's... Very light and and most of it is optional. Like, yeah, it's mostly like stuff you can pick up and read in the locker yeah. room. Yeah, one one of the more recent ones I've done so far is, um, it was like it was like the the uh, TV station office because mm-hmm. the uh you're doing this at a whole lot of different arenas basically. But one of the ones I was at was at like a you know an arena built in the middle of London. Uh, and so they had, you know, basically your lockers were close enough that you could sneak into the, the TV station and kind of look at what they're talking about. And they've got, okay, like how, how, how are we going to present this thing? Like what's, what's the narrative here? Like who's, who's the good guy and the bad guy in this particular tournament? Um, like what, what are the narratives we're trying to show? Um, and it's, it's, it's just kind of neat seeing that aspect of it. Like, okay, we've, we've got to make this one uh competitor you know look really good because they're the one who is company line you know just completely on board they're 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 doing this game not for any other ulterior motive but just because they like the killing um type thing and yeah i've i've i have loved this game like everything about it so far uh it's it's seemingly disparate elements that have just come together so well mm-hmm. cool. yeah I would, I would agree early hours for me still but like i've been excited for this one and the the first hour hour and a half i put into it, it it's delivering on what i expected oh yeah i like delivery it's not delivery it's DiGiorno. i was gonna say i also like DiGiorno, but you i don't think do. i've ever had DiGiorno. it's good you know what I, I'm sure I've had it at some point in the early yachts. Sure. I, I I remember it being significantly better compared to the Red Baron crap that I'd had in the 90s before that. True, true. You got to really burn a Red Baron pizza, <clears throat> is what I find. To to kind of really bake that cardboard I, to flavor be fair, out of it. Well, to be fair, any and I only get the deep dish Red Baron. I don't <clears throat> fugs with anything else. Um, yeah. If you're having a 
like, you know, cooking the oven at home uh, frozen pizza. Yeah. I find burning it is the only way to go. I mean, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. So that's what we say. Uh-huh. In this house. That's how I've decided to end any awkward conversation I have for the rest of my life when everybody's just staring at you like what just happened. You just go, so that's what we say. Uh-huh. Then you can just leave and nobody has anything else to say. That's yeah, true. What would they say? What could they say? They say, we're going to talk about Cult of the Lamb next. That's what they would say. Actually, uh, by we, I mean uh, you guys, not me. Yeah. yeah. That's what we say. That's what we say. Um, <laughs> Cult of the Lamb, pretty fucking cool. I don't know what you guys talked about with this last week. Um, broad strokes overview type stuff. Broad, yeah, you got your Animal Crossing in my Hades. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I've this has been a really easy one for me to like play in in very small chunks when I have a moment, which I really like. Uh, because for anyone, I guess I'll I'll redo the broad strokes real quick. Um, Cult of the Lamb. You play as a lamb who is being sacrificed to some eldritch type gods. Uh, you're then saved by a imprisoned sort of death or another god like character who. Uh, says, hey, I can spare your life, but uh, you need to start a cult in my name, and you're like, fuck yeah, sure. Uh, if I remember correctly, your your dialogue options are sure or absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, then you, you start this cult, and it's kind of like community, like almost very Animal Crossing light-esque stuff with some farming and indoctrinating cultists, uh, and then some dungeon running. And the thing I think I like the most about it is like, none of the whole lot of marrying of these mechanics ever overstay their welcome i think every single one of them is as deep as it needs to be mm-hmm. and then obviously as it goes on this starts to change a little bit but especially in the early hours a good dungeon run is like 10 minutes so it's really easy yeah. to just like dash through get some resources pump some stuff into your cultist and then go ah, i'm gonna walk away for a little bit it it stays that way for a normal playthrough because uh they have a system where essentially you do a run and you get a pip on this thing. And like, once you've got four of them, you'll be able to unlock the actual last boss of the dungeon where, where, where before that you're getting like a little mini boss to yeah, to finish out the run. I do like the note of the mini bosses. The mini bosses are labeled as heretics mm-hmm. and they take like a demon form. And then when you kill them, you actually convert them to your cult. Yes. Yeah. Um, and because of that, just the normal playthrough, pretty short. Uh, once you've killed the actual boss, you can continue going and, and make it a much longer run, but with the added difficulty on top of that, because as soon as you kill the normal boss, all the enemies get harder, but then everything after that first set of levels that would normally get you to the boss is, has another difficulty increase beyond that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's much more a matter of kind of, you can get really good rewards for this, but you're seriously pushing your luck if you keep going too far. Uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're meant to be fairly short runs, um, especially if you're just kind of mainlining the story type, you know, just doing the runs you need to get through the story. Yeah. Um, probably worth noting, too, uh, your mileage for how much you're going to enjoy this probably goes for uh, how funny you think... <laughs> 
uh, cults and like organized religion jokes are, and for me, it's yes. pretty funny. Yeah, no, I was talking about this last time how they give you enough options with your leveling up system to role play as a wide variety of cults, and how, how my first run, I'm I'm playing as a prosperity gospel make a church. Okay, that sounds great. Where essentially I I've taken all the uh all the money upgrades where it's like my followers have to give me money for everything. So and then then maybe if they give me enough money I'll I'll toss a little blessing their way. I'm going real heaven's gate with mine. Um <laughs> like to give people kind of an idea of like what the the way it lets you like play your cult differently is I feel like there's like a a nicer way you could round it. Like I think one of the first doctrines you you get to pass I think, like, two of the options are, like, oh, one of them is, so, like, your followers believe in the afterlife, so when someone gets sacrificed, they don't really get that sad because they know it's not the end, but the one I picked was, like, faith increases from sacrifices being, like, yeah, this is for the greater good, and the cult understands that, so everyone gets real happy when someone gets sacrificed. Yeah, yeah, you've got a wide variety of how you want to play this, which is neat. I've, I've, again going with my whole role-playing thing, I have, for the most part, not been killing anyone off other than just, again, kind of to see the mechanics, just to, for, for curiosity, because of, you know, we do, we you, do a I, gaming podcast, but other than that, I've just kind of let them die of old age, and you can dig them a grave and have a funeral for them and make them a little grave, and your other cultists will go visit that grave and, like, it's it's an extra additional way to power you up because you'll get even more faith just for them. You yeah, know. they don't even have to go pray there. Like once you once you level it up enough, just having them there makes everyone feel good. Like look at all these other cultists who came before me, and like every time you go back to the place, there'll be like just a big chunk of rewards you get just from walking through your graveyard. Um, just, I um, you know, neat. I sacrifice all the heretics. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no room for questioning the wor- the word of your Lord God. Yep. Yep. If we don't tolerate that shit around here, I tell you right now. <laughs> yeah. The thing I've been doing is uh, anytime someone, you get like these little events, like oh this this person's a heretic, but they're not actually, uh, because if if they actually are, they'll be. You can tell. Like they're 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 trying to convince people. To, to leave the cult and everything. But every now and then you'll get like a paranoid person who's like, no, this, this person is totally a heretic. Why don't you put them in jail? And you can do that just to make them happy and then immediately release them, which I think is really funny. Um, one of my favorites is one of my guys got caught stealing from the others and they're like, put them in jail. So I did real quick and then immediately they let them out and I made him my tax collector. <laughs> he's proven himself he's yeah. proven himself he, he knows how to do the job the problem was he was so good at taking money so I gave him a badge that says he's allowed to <laughs> <laughs> yeah solve the whole thing right up exactly exactly he... uh. perfect yeah uh, but that yeah. sounds like a good streaming game to be honest with you yeah, I think again, like I was saying, like if you could you can really role play it how you want. And that could be a fun thing to kind of just decide what sort of cult you're making. Um it is a weird fun mix of management sim and roguelike and it's 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 charming as hell. I I think it's real good. <laughs> yeah. 
think you guys should stream it. You probably should at some point. Probably a good idea. Yeah. We're doing a show right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe later then. Yeah, maybe later. Okay. When you're less busy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That's what we say. All right. Well, that's what we I, say. <laughs> I briefly want to talk about more tunic, both positive and negative. I finally, um, after I like my the Zora's long, tunic, <laughs> after my long sabbatical of not having played it since I went on vacation and came back and was playing Crosscode, I gotta admit it was a little bit difficult to find, like, get my bearings at first. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's an awful lot to remember when playing that game. It, but I I was able, like, after about a half an hour to figure out, okay, these are the controls, this is where I'm trying to go, this is yep. what I'm trying to do, all all that kind of stuff. I got my bearings, um, and I realized I, not at the end of the game, but I'm near the end of the game, kind of. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm doing the last little main story things as of right now. And uh so I went into the area. I guess it doesn't really matter about spoilers cuz I don't think there's much we could do like an, for a chomping after dark of tunic. Probably not. Like It'd be a very not... weird conversation, I feel like. I mean there 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 could be a conversation, but it wouldn't be much a one. Like Yeah. The story isn't obviously the the focal point but there is some interesting story there and that's one of the things i did want to say is i i did get to some interesting story beats which um i'm kind of excited to see what the implication for for those story beats are um Hmm. later on and i i won't reveal that because that that is still a i mean it's a game that came out at the beginning of the year but it's still a new game and for people like me who are have been waiting for the time to play it on Game Pass. I'll give them the chance to, you know, play it without spoilers. So yeah, I I will say that I'm <laughs> I'm excited to see where the story goes. Uh, I I fought the arguably one of the hardest bosses in this game from what I was reading, and man, did that boss piss me off! But <laughs> finally managed to beat him before I went to bed last night. I was happy about that. Uh, Woo. He was a he was a very good boss. I will say that very hard, very good boss. Um, very had a hard. ton of attacks. I really had to yeah. try different strategies to figure out what works. I had it's to actually fast too. He's super fast, yeah. and I had to practice a lot of what I was trying to do as well. Which um, it's not something I normally have to do. You know, I don't have to sit there and practice learning all the moves of a boss. Either I get it or I don't, kind of thing. But this one took some patience and some working out things I had to do. I'm trying to be vague here, I apologize. So that's what we say. <laughs> I will I will say this. This is one of the things I did want to talk about with this game is that I noticed that there are some times where the game, at least on the Switch, um, doesn't quite register button commands correctly. Yeah. Precisely. There, I've I had some issues with that. It's I don't think that's a switch thing. Um, which inputs they allow you to buffer uh, is consistent, but it's a little weird. Um, hmm. 
to to the point where I I, I spent like a good half an hour at one point just kind of screwing around like okay I I can buffer an attack out of a roll at this point and then there's like a window where it's like all right now the animation's locked and then you can just you know the normal recovery after it there is there yeah. is an amount of kind of learning when you're locked in animation that I think is I think I talked about this at the time how it's a little bit too complicated for its own good and it it just doesn't need to be like it needs to be just more consistent like either go completely dark souls with it you can't buffer anything like it's you're you're completely animation locked or not and they kind of are doing some of both um in order yes. to make it feel a little better most of the time but occasionally you'll just assume something should buffer because of how a bunch of other inputs work and then something just won't buffer and it feels really weird. Like, I, I, I fucking dodged. Why, why, why didn't I dodge? And it's because it's you were locked into an animation that you didn't realize you were stuck in. That's exactly right. That happened to me a few times with this guy where I was swinging and attacking on him and he's about to attack, so I dodge, but he still... He's still locked somehow in an additional attack, which I didn't yeah. think I pressed the button for. Or vice versa. There's this time where I was attacking, and then I blocked him, his mm-hmm. first attack. And after the block was done, I didn't press it once, but he's, my, my character attacked again with a single swipe. And then he got yeah, hit by the second attack. a lot of times those attack. inputs can be just saved from way longer ago than you realized. Right, exactly. That, Very that sensitive. Mm-hmm. That shit happened to me multiple times, and uh... yeah, that that's not a Switch specific issue because I've had the same thing on PC. Okay, it's just it's 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 just a really weird. Yeah, way I definitely experienced inputs. it in that version as well. Yeah, yeah, I I will say that's something that hopefully they can look at getting fixed or fine tuning. Probably not. It probably is what it is, but um, it's definitely it's definitely something that frustrated me. Yeah, about it, playing it, that that particular boss because that boss. Yes with how precise that boss is mm-hmm. that you would expect the game treat the character you were playing as with the same level of precise control. And it's not that your mistake. So yeah, it's got it's, frustrating. You can kind of get around this by pretending it's dark souls. Like I was saying, and just really slow down your inputs to the point where you're stopping it from being able to buffer because you're just waiting for all the, inputs yourself um but that is something you don't realize is an issue until much later i found with the game because it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a problem and then until it becomes one and then it is yeah Yeah. that's true that's true and there, there are ways around the boss where um if you have enough of a particular resource and you've gotten the one of the last weapons in the game that you can just Dodge, uh, either dodge slash block and then use that ability and it makes yeah. the boss fairly easy which I... You get some very powerful combat options in this game that you know are resources but you can kind of farm them up if you really want to in some situations um, Right. that can really help if you get stuck that's true that's true I um I didn't quite farm up but the thing is i i pretty much i'm the type of gamer like many gamers who saves pretty much every item 
they're given until a rainy day. And then yeah. I end up end up at the end of the game having hardly used any of the items that I saved up. That's the type of gamer I yeah. am. I'm sure many people can relate to that. But when it came to this boss, I had a particular item saved up in mass. So when it, <laughs> when it came to fighting the boss, after I figured out, oh, if I use this weapon, I do a lot more damage, it was a lot easier. Not yeah. easy, but easier, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up beating the boss. I had fun. Um, I'm doing some end game content type stuff right now where I'm trying to figure out, like, what am I missing? What do I want to collect? Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Again, intentionally being vague as to not spoil really um, a lot of the content that is there, like the additional content that you can find, procure, what have you. Try to be intentionally vague on that, but yeah, I will say I'm still really enjoying the game. I imagine that I'm probably going to finish sometime mid-next week. Obviously, I want to do as much as I can in the game before yeah. um, I quit playing it, so... I, I got a ways yeah. to go, just mainly because of uh, the extra content that's in the game. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll see um, when I finish it. I'm really intrigued by what's going to happen with the story. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing I really want to know at this point is because um, there's been the big reveal at this point. I want to know how that culminates. Yeah. The the standard ending kind of addresses a lot of the straightforward straightforward in-game story whereas mm. the secret ending given what you've got to do to actually accomplish that secret ending really addresses kind of more of the meta story and and okay. a lot more of the additional stuff kind of going on that, that this you just and that would not have context about um, with, and more without, implied stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of worth seeing both to kind of get a wrap on both of them. Because of the implication. Uh-huh. So with, with the true ending, do you get the normal ending and the additional ending, or no? No, no, you don't. Um, okay. Actually, the, the true ending is uh, significantly less of an ending uh, as far as how involved it is, it's just very well hidden. Okay. Um, and you you have to do an awful lot of extra stuff to get it, so it's it's not something you can kind of accidentally stumble into. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like where CrossCode, you had the normal ending and the true ending. The CrossCode one, you can kind of stumble into. You you can, but you've got to be either. OCD about checking back with everyone you've talked to every time a new story beat happens. Like, ooh, I wonder what this person would say about something. Or Like you're actually playing an RPG. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you That's are, fun. but also aren't. Mm. You are, it's an action RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set in an MMORPG. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's true. It's, a, it's, a, it's an RPG RPG, if you will. Exactly. My favorite. Meta! <laughs> My favorite kind of RPG. I hate using the word meta now, because it's like every time someone's like, available now on your meta quest, and I'm like, I'm not fucking calling it that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you get the fuck out of my house, Zuckerberg. 
<laughs> Zuckerberg's in all of our houses now. Zuckerberg this. Zuckerberg this dick. I hate got, that. You got him, Shay. I did. Oh, okay. Now I hate it less. Um, yeah, so we are OFK. That's a game that just recently dropped. Josh, you wanted to talk about that one. Yeah, this is one that uh, I think I think Rich and I were at the announcement for this during... When was this? You and I have been at, at many an announcement. Yes, but We Are OFK is sort of, sort of a narrative game about basically uh, it's kind of an origin story for what's going to be a virtual band. Uh, a la, like, you know, the gorillas oh, or, yeah. or, or something like that. Um, I remember seeing this announcement. Yes. and this, Very cool conceptually, at the very yeah, least. Yeah, and so far this first week, the first two chapters have dropped with, I, as far as I can tell, what's supposed to be an additional chapter a week after this. They've already announced that the next, the third chapter is coming out next week, and then four and five just say coming soon. But I, I, I think... The plan is to have them release weekly. I'm, I'm not sure. Not Again, not 100% because they don't say it in-game. I'd have to check outside the game to find out if that's still the plan. Um, but yeah, I've played the first chapter so far, and they're, they're all about an hour long. Um, Probably worth noting they're literally positioning this as they're, they're calling it a playable EP. Yes, and it's very much that. Um, it's got, you know, a, a good soundtrack that's kind of more atmospheric while the cutscenes are playing and whatnot. Within, at least in the first chapter, a song from them that's presented more as a music video, kind of an interactive music video. Um, I, I think the plan is to have one or two of those for each of the chapters that you're going to have. So okay. by the time the five chapters are done, you've got an EP. Um, so far, it's been really charming. The writing has been, the writing and voice acting has been excellent. Um, and the art style is is really good. So it's just, it, it is just a fun story to watch through, to listen through. Um, the um like music video itself I think was not my favorite interactive music video I've done so far cuz there's been some really cool stuff in the space with things like um um uh, shoot my, Sayonara my, my, my Wild Hearts Sayonara Wild Hearts with That's the um, one that comes to mind for me. Yes, that's that's the obvious the obvious one. Um I was thinking of like four different games and they're just because of that, none of them are coming to me. Yeah. Um, but Sayonara Wild Hearts, I think is kind of taking the cake as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I would agree really quickly just for other people besides myself. Yes. Who don't know what is an interactive music video? Is that like, is that kind of like what Genesis Noir was at the end? Yes. That's very much that near the end. That's one of the better ones, but there's, there's a wide variety. You've got things like, interactive musical art installations with like the um 
Fucking hell, man. My brain is just gone good. right now You're trying good. to remember the names of all these things. Um, with the, the, the Radiohead. Oh, insulation. I forget what, what that was, was called. called. Yeah, what was it called? Yeah, Project yeah, yeah. Amnesia or something like Project, that? That's it. Yeah, Project Amnesia. And it was essentially just an art installation where you'd go into each room and it would have, you know, and Tom one, a version of one of their songs playing tell you a sad story. Information. Or not information, but like different, you know. It, be, it really was like wandering around a, a, a museum. Uh, yeah. Or like, a, or like an art installation. Um, which is a cool way to do it. Way well, less. It's called interactive. Sorry, really quickly, it's called kid a m kid amnesia or yeah. kid, kid amnesia or, yeah, exhibition. Yeah. yeah, which was really cool. That was less interactive. I think Cyanara Wild Hearts is one of the most interactive of these, where you're actually you're you're playing a game. It's an actual game while you're seeing the music video, which I I really like because it, it's much more engaging. Um, they kind of halfway did that with this one, at least in the first chapter, where you are kind of wandering around playing these little mini games while it goes on to kind of go with the the imagery. Um, mm. that will, that will change like really quickly. Um, as they go, I don't know what the stakes were to it, if any. My guess is there were no stakes, just kind of given the general flow of the rest of it as a. Very narrative game. Like, there, you've got dialogue options, but you can't screw something up. It's just, you know, you're getting through this story. So I, I, I think it was the same thing here. Um, mm. So, you know, music was great. The interactivity was inconsequential. Um, right. You know, which your mileage may vary, how, how you feel about that. Okay. Um, so far, the narrative aspect is the thing that I'm really enjoying the most because they're doing a really great job making these characters feel fully fleshed out. Um, just just in the one chapter of which, like like I was saying, it's about an hour. Um, mm-hmm. Felt like I really got to know these people uh, pretty well from, you know. Well, that's at good. Least, that's at least no, what e- I That's could. no easy task. Yeah, no, I think they did an excellent job with that. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of it kind of following these as they come out um i'm gonna have to get to this one yeah uh based on what you're saying like i was already interested but based on what you're telling me yeah yeah i think i think the visual novelty-ness of it is maybe not going to catch the mass market quite as much just because that's still not but you know if you like that. Yeah, exactly. Like you you probably have some context for that already cuz it's it's been a big enough deal that you 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 have to have at least encountered it at some point at this point. And and if not, this is a decent enough place to try it. Um they they do a couple things that I really like right off the bat just kind of kicking you right into the accessibility settings that we we've, we've talked about these things being you know important and they do a good job of it here like hey you want uh uh subtitles here you go you can you can hop right into the subtitles uh it also has a by default you've got 10 seconds to respond to any questions someone asks you just to kind of keep the pace up but okay. right right in that opening thing that they give you they're like oh I, I i don't read that fast you can you can then turn that off and it's one of the things they just give you 
right off the bat um hopping into it which i like it's it's that's the sort of way we need to handle that accessibility uh like you're 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 basically starting the game off you're on the phone with your mom and they kind of give you these little prompts that don't really matter um as as ways to introduce the okay this is kind of how some of your accessibility options are going to work uh parts of it which i cool cool you know little integrated tutorial to how their accessibility works that is very unobtrusive you know just a couple questions here and there so that's cool i like way to handle it i thought I, I I haven't really played any games like this besides the like I said the ending bit in Genesis Noir. Mm-hmm. But that was such a cool um, way to storytell and a way to engross you in a game that I definitely would like to explore that more. And I remember when this was announced, thinking how cool it looked. So I definitely would like to give it a shot. Yeah. What are you playing? You're playing it on PC right now? Yes, I'm. I'm playing it on Steam. Um. It is also, I think, on everything else. I know it's on. I know it's on. Uh, it's on Switch because I've yep. seen it advertised on there. I've not been on my other machines to to see if it's on there or not. But I, I'm pretty sure they were announcing that it was on basically everything. Switch would probably be a good place for this as long as you're playing with headphones. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah again, sense. for any of these really musically focused games, I'd suggest headphones playing. Are, yeah. yeah, headphones. Yeah. Good headphones headphones or earbuds if you want to be wireless true 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 it's the true true not for play play but speaking of uh taking you know 10 seconds to make decisions i have been going back and playing telltales the walking dead with my girlfriend and um, Mm. i just very very briefly wanted to talk about that not sure very extensively but and I th- go. <laughs> I think that game that game is ten years old at that point. At this point, and while like I would say some of the voice acting, um, to facial animations isn't quite synced up. It, it never was to begin with, but it's more glaringly obvious now, being ten years. But it removed. still isn't. <laughs> being ten yeah. years removed from it, yeah. I would say that. Um, outside of that, the game holds up surprisingly really well. I'd imagine that's probably one of the uh, the Telltale games that's aged better. It definitely has. Quite, I mean, quite a they, few of them actually hold up pretty well. Um, not all of them, obviously, but like the they did a really good job with the Walking Dead games and with like. Uh, the Wolf Among Us is excellent. I really liked the uh, the Batman ones at the time uh, mm. because I felt like they were doing telling a, a, a pretty unique Batman story and using the medium smartly. I think, but like Walking Dead's the one that put them on the fucking like they're the reason they were able to make so oh, many yeah. license agreements. Yeah, and, and it wasn't just because it's to their detriment. A the Walking Dead proper property. It was it no, was they did such a good zone. Yeah, like they got it before Walking Dead was that big of a property, and they just did such a good job with yeah. it that like everybody in the world wanted them to take a crack at their property. Yeah, <laughs> including Game of Thrones, that they to their detriment. They certainly did that. They yeah. sh- the Game of Thrones, Telltale's Game of Thrones happened. 
<laughs> it did, and like did. unfortunately, it wasn't and that's as what good we say. as it wasn't as good as The Walking Dead. Um, I enjoyed it decently, but yeah, it wasn't great. I will say that. Uh, that being said, though, The Walking Dead has held up really well so far. I think we are on episode three right now of season one, and we, it's kind of funny because we both know what's going to happen. We are like I've played it. Or once or twice, and yeah. she's watched all of it on YouTube. Hmm. But it still is difficult to make those decisions. Well, the, the choices are what make it still fun to play, even with that, because you're like, eh, let me try something I wouldn't like. I don't yeah. know how it's going to play out if I go this way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because uh, there's a point where I don't know if you guys remember this in season one, and this is a spoiler uh, where Larry, the curmudgeon guy from the first the cable episodes, guy. has a heart attack. Yeah, and um, Kenny's like, we need to kill him before he turns. You know, we need to, you know, yeah. crush his head before he turns. And Lily, his daughter's like, no, 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 give him some time. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, she's like performing CPR, and you have the choice to choose between Kenny and Lily. Like, side with Kenny, kill him before he becomes a zombie, or side with Lily, give him some time. And in the past, I was like, oh fuck, Larry, for one. That guy is so annoying, but two, side with Kenny, because Kenny, Kenny's got your back, you got his back, for the most part. You know, Kenny has his own issues. Yeah. But <clears throat> uh, my girlfriend was also like, yeah, I've seen Kenny's side, I haven't seen Lily's side. And I was like, me neither, let's try with Lil- let's side with Lily. Yeah, see, see something different, exactly. Yeah, right. That's the fun of it. And uh, yeah, it's that. that's the value in the game, is obviously doing that, but also... um. It's fun. Like I have an added element too, where my my girlfriend isn't quite fluent in English. She she's very good at English, but she's not fluent. And so you have those moments where she's having to read really fast. Like the text is coming up, it's going really fast, and then suddenly she has to make a split second decision. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And so I'll just <laughs> press a button for her. I was like, this one. And uh, <laughs> it's been really fun. Where she's making a majority of the decisions. I'm sitting there watching her, enjoying it. But at times, she's like, I don't know what to do. Help me. And, I, and I'll either make a decision or I'll explain it to her. Um, it's been really fun. It's like, I think it's one of those games that a lot of people don't think is a good couch co-op. When they think of, like, what games would be good for a couch co-op? Those games, uh, specifically the Walking Dead games, but other Telltale games I'm sure work as well, the older ones, that I think they're good, good to great games to play together with people. Um, we talked about it with uh, was it Detroit Becoming Human. Granted, I, I understand your feelings, Rich, about David Cage, but um, like the, the games where you have to make choices, doing those together with um, a partner can be really, really fun. Well, um, it's actually funny you say that because having... Um, I didn't get around to the new game yet. I have every intention of getting around to the quarry at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking back to... Uh, until dawn and i believe the quarry has the same mechanic uh they had a co-op mode in that game i think it was called like wolf pack mode or something like that mm. where the idea is like one person really has like full control of the game but i think up to four other people have a role where it's like okay um when a decision comes up you all vote mm. and you go with whatever gets the most votes <laughs> you know I frankly that's, that's- I'm surprised we've cool not seen more of that. 
Like, I think that's a cool mechanic for those type of games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Why you wouldn't try and do that more, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, yeah. some, it's a matter of getting people together or something? I don't know. But yeah, those those I've are fully supported. Of them, but yeah, those, those are fully supported online, and particularly with uh, the Quarry and Until Dawn, I'm pretty sure the people who are just playing as the ones voting don't even have to own the game, which is yeah, awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like those kind of games where you can make decisions with with someone, and I'm sure for some people that's gonna be more difficult for them and more straining on their relationship. I guess they're certain situations where I could see that, but yeah, um, it's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun playing that game with her so far. I think we're going to, we're going to at least play season one. I'm, I'm hoping that we're able to get through the whole, the all four seasons together, Sure, but remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that very briefly. It's been, it's been a lot of fun returning to that game. But also, the, you know, there there's some slight things that have aged about it. But for the most part, it holds up surprisingly well. Um, it still makes me sad what happened with the company. I know they've, yeah. quote-unquote, restarted. But Yeah, I, I hope that, that eventually that kind of becomes what it used to be in, in some fashion. Time will tell. Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually... I, I still really want to see The Wolf Among Us too. Um, yes, as do I, as do I. Yeah. Definitely probably use a refresher on that uh, before that yeah, happens. Yeah, it's been a little while, but... That could be a fun thing to, like, now she's got me new, like, yeah. that could be a fun thing to stream. Be like, uh, may- maybe not. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, I don't know if they have a mode that censors the strip club <laughs> scenes. I don't want one. No, but I was just saying as far as streaming goes. It might be an issue. That's Twitch's problem. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be interesting because obviously the studio is kind of re- quote unquote restarted in a way. It's been bought and it's um, not remotely the same people or any to any yeah. degree. Like it's a different studio. It's it's the same name. They're gonna try and make the same product. That doesn't mean it's not gonna work. It's just worth keeping in mind. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, like what products they're going to make, what's going to come of that, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, I'm hopeful that obviously... Well, that's your mistake. <laughs> I, my, my hope is that um, they're able to return to that kind of form of storytelling, because I think there is value in it. And I know there are people that were like, all right, this is getting tired and old. I, I hope that it's not like a like a let's go back to 2012 and do the exact same thing. Yeah. I hope it's something where they take the lessons that they learned, uh, both as a company and both as making games, and are able to modernize it in some way. Because I still think yeah. that there's a lot of value in that style of uh, storytelling. I, yeah, I do too. I, I think it got absolutely run to the ground because, again, the publishers knew, oh, this is a cheap way to make a game real quick. Even though, frankly, it wasn't that cheap or that quick to do it the right way, and they were really Mm. abusing their workers to get these products shipped the way they were. Um, But there's there's still value to telling a story that way if it's not just 
one of the million things that they were putting out by the end that mm. didn't have anything to gain by being told that way and frankly were completely uninspired because no one working on them gave a shit about it. They were just what we have to do. Yep. Exactly. Faux show. Yeah. Well, I I mean, Josh, did you... I don't have anything else to really say about CrossCode because I haven't played the DLC yet. Did you want to talk about that or say no, that? No, I figured I'd wait until you got to the DLC. I was just mentioning that okay. I'd talk about that some if you uh, were okay. to that yet, but I didn't know where if you were. If you were yeah, so not, inclined. Mm-hmm. Not yet, but... Um, All right. I, w- I will get to it here soon because I was actually just eyeing it on the switch i was like okay yeah yeah i've been playing some more of that this week trying to uh get through the rest of the dlc because i i've not finished the story in the dlc because i really wanted to go and do all the side quest stuff because i'm right obsessive and there's like i was telling you you a ton of side quest stuff in that dlc and as well as mm. a bunch of hidden stuff as well that you know it's kind of worth exploring everything again to see if you can find something that's just hidden there um, right, it's really and I'm, I'm sure like that that DLC is pretty new. It came out last year, I believe. Correct? Um, yes, it was. It was last summer. I, I mean, in, that's in part of it. Summer, yeah, yeah. And now that you got somebody else on the podcast finally playing it, you're like, okay, now let's get around to it. Finally. Yes, so yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, they added an epilogue that I played right away because I'm like, okay, I, I need to see where all this went. But then the epilogue kind of goes right into the DLC as well, mm. and I didn't finish all the DLC right. uh, after that. Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Like I, like so I said, I've been say. meaning to get around to that game. I'm glad that finally did. And uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for when we'll do the, the cat on that, because it's going to be a really fun discussion to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm going to have to... Look at a wiki, because the cast of characters in this thing is is very large. Just so I get all my names straight. Um, Definitely, yeah, yeah, it's it's intensive, but also like there there are some things. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that in the CAD. Yeah, yeah there's some things. It's easy to to get in the spoiler territory of that game. Yeah, very quickly, <laughs> very very quickly. But that's gonna wrap up the show. It's weirdly enough, kind of a shorter episode this week. Um. The topic was a little bit shorter. I figured I'd ease Rich back into it, and I made Josh uh, suffer through three hours last week while he was sick. So, figure we'll do an easier one this week, and you we'll monster. do a heftier one next mm-hmm. week. So there we go. Yeah, but just on the back end of stuff, uh, if you want more content from us, head over to SwordChomp.com, where we have more podcasts for you to check out, such as Chomping After Dark, like we've been talking about our spoiler cast um show we have chopping at the bits which is rich's show he was talking about earlier uh where he does deep dives on historical relevance of games um from generations past with some of his buddies such as ray and eric uh we also have evoking the sublime where i occasionally get episodes up where i interview game developers about the history and creation of their video games and um, i also talk with composers and other people as well uh we also have an article section where you can check out uh games that we review just think pieces that we've written guides that we've written things of that nature are up there as well uh you can check out merch at store.swordchomp.com where you can buy all sorts of stuff and if you end up buying anything 
uh, DM us on social media, and we will get that up. Speaking of social media, you can follow us at Instagram and Twitter at SwordChomp. Um, and also, last but not least, if you want to support the show um, as we are completely listener funded and supported, head over to patreon.com slash SwordChomp. You can learn of all the tasty, delectable ways you can help keep the lights on here for us. But that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Uh, Thank you to Rich and Josh for being here. I was your host, Shay. We will be back next week. Love you guys. Thank you. And take care. Goodbye. Yeah, so that's what we say.